Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing real estate, and today we'll talk about how COVID-19 is changing the world of real estate. How 2020-2021 will shape the world of property for the next 10 years, and ultimately how your family as well as mine will be able to create intergenerational wealth if we're on the right side of it. My name is Peter Leung and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, invest, and develop commercial buildings around the world. You may have seen me in video or on stage working with serial entrepreneurs and investors. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor as well. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at I am Peter Leung. It is on Facebook where I share ideas, videos, and inspirations as I journey to intergenerational wealth. And if you have any questions, you can email us at podcast at IamPeterLeon.com. And if you ultimately have deals that you're interested in getting into business with me or for me to check out deals that you're doing, you can send that to deals at IamPeterLeon.com. So ultimately, starting from today, we're looking at how COVID-19 is changing the property world. It all started, of course, in... Uh, the widespread of this, um, you know, disease, um, this this virus in February of 2020, where it started becoming um, a widespread pandemic to multi countries around the world. So we'll call that as, um, you know, at, at the first point of this whole thing. So February 2020, and since then, of course, we've had the situation spread to countries all around the world and it's affected countries where countries have had to either have partial or full lockdowns with limitations to movement of people to unemployment being massive. So today, um, you know, we'll look at that from a statistic basis, but the, the, the last Great Depression was at 15 million people of unemployment, 15 million. Um, you had, a, you had uh, the financial crisis, you've had the dot-com eras, you've had um, the Lehman Brothers, you've had all these factor events at that time was in between two and three million people of unemployment. The last greatest event you know, that we've seen on this magnitude was the last Great Depression, and that was at 15 million Americans. Well, here today sitting in may of 2020 the unemployment is 22 million people 22 million which is 14.7 percent of the entire um, u.s workforce right of unemployment rate <clears throat> 22 million unemployment right now all right so what does that mean that's going to cause a huge ripple effect essentially my analogy is this, it's like you know, throwing a rock into a pond where at the epicenter of the whole thing was COVID-19, was February 2020, and it will start to create these ripples, right? Ripples along the lines of what is going to be happening. So you, know, you have COVID-19 February 2020, you have now May of 2020, 22 million people unemployed, and that's the first ripple, right? Unemployment, massive widespread unemployment. And every country is facing similar trends, um, depending on magnitude. So you've got the unemployment, 
right? Next, what you'll have is you'll have a stimulus spending. And you've, you've seen that basically start from May or no, March, April, May, more stimulus, more stimulus, more printing of money, more bailouts. And, and there's a very fundamental reason why this is so important. It's that's because these stimulus are trying to keep all of us or as much people employed and it's going to keep more uh, jobs happening, more spending. So there is not going to be even further widespread panic. So these stimulus are helping individuals on every level. You know, previously, you know, in, in, in other scenarios, you're def definitely not really handing out rent payment to individuals. You're not bailing out individual landlords. You're not bailing out businesses directly. Usually they just increase liquidity. In this particular case, not only do they increase liquidity in the market, they're actually handing out checks to workforce, to businesses, to investors, holding companies, um, your you know operating businesses, um, all various levels of the economy. And that's just to keep the stimulus or keep the current scenario afloat. Otherwise, you'll have even further panic and therefore further drops in not only the stock market, the, um, the businesses, you'll have even more fear in the market. So next, so that's the third ripple, right? You've already seen stimulus start in uh, March, April, May and continuing. So now what you have next is you have employers that are starting to today dig into their own pocket right? Pay for the staff. I mean, even though the government's paying part of it, you're only getting them to pay so much of it. So there's still going to be a certain amount of damage done to employers to keep staff on uh, payroll, to keep staff at home, to keep, you know, A players, B players from leaving their business and finding alternative work, right? And you want your business to continue to running because we don't know what's going to look like for the future yet. So this stimulus is helping employers stay afloat. But ultimately, worse dig into our pockets, whether it's going to be regular landlords, whether it's going to be commercial landlords, whether it's going to be hoteliers, obviously everybody is hurting, right? Gyms are hurting, restaurants are hurting, landlords are hurting, tenants are hurting, everybody is in pain, right? But we're spreading the pain so everybody feels a bit of it. So here's what ultimately happens. The next phase, right, after COVID unemployment stimulus, is defaults. And <coughs> in some cases, we're starting to see that these defaults are starting to come into play. What does that mean, right? In, in my opinion, it's about six months after the original start of unemployment, right? Which if employment started in March, April, May, you're looking at September, October, November for defaults to really be prominent. Okay, or what you have is you sort of got like three months from the, uh, the slowdown of these stimulus programs by the government. What type of things are gonna happen? You're gonna have people default on their car loans. You're gonna have to default on leases. You're defaulting on uh, tenancy agreements. You're talking about rent, uh, you know, commercial real estate being in default. You're talking about uh, landlords that don't have the money to, amount of money to pay because the tenants aren't paying and the tenants don't have jobs. So you're gonna have people who are gonna be partial payments. You're gonna be looking at, and, and, and all around the world now, we're able, to, some countries are able to make partial payments. Some of them are able to have rent deferral, rent abatement. 
Next is you're gonna have a vacancies, you're gonna have bankruptcies, and as you know it, there's major box stores that are now going out of business, which is, you know, the uh, is there a consideration of like even the guys like Nordstrom or big box stores going to close. You have Gold's Gym, you have, you know, restaurants that are going out of business that may never open again. So, and some of them might actually open today, right? And then close a little bit later or they're closed now and they're waiting for this to better up and they're gonna be open and then they realize it's not exactly what they thought and they're gonna close again. So this is what defaults are uh, going to look like as the next phase. So you're really looking at September, October, November or three months after the stimulus slows down where you know some people have a little bit of reserve but you've probably heard the statistic that those in Canada and US have really less than one full month of cash savings okay and our entire economy is based upon the ability for spending right and if without spending and without income then it's going to dry up multi layers of the economy right so if you have no job you're going to result in the fact that you're not going to spend and it, let's say for example i am no longer if i don't have a job i'm not going to spend i'm not going to go to a nice restaurant right i'm not going to go eat out as much and if i don't eat out as much then the restaurant tour is going to feel the pain and therefore have to lay off more people right and as they lay off more staff these staff are not going to be able to go buy food right or at least you know in in the upper echelons of, of 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 restaurants or even dining or even food what ends up happening is that you'll you'll cause panic in those organizations and their leads for further layoffs. So you get my point. It's a catch-22. And in multi-layers of spending from the very initial amount of paycheck or income will ripple up through the entire economic system. What you have next is you have banks repossession, right? REOs, right? Real estate uh, owners, uh, ownership. And what that will do is that will result in banks foreclosures, anything commercial, residential, because loans are likely to default. And once these loans default, which is probably from six months, and you can start to see them, six to 24 months, look into your you know, uh, real estate, the amount of foreclosures, the amount of pre-foreclosures, the amount of bankruptcies has already skyrocketed. It's already started to take it by storm. So basically what that means is 2020-2021 will present challenges for even banks. Banks right now aren't challenged because the, ban uh, the, the banks have had significant liquidity provided by the government. So banks are okay. However, if people start to default on a widespread um, you know, situation, banks are having to repossess, banks are having to take property over, right, and manage these properties. And that in itself, banks are not in the business of property management, and the banks are not in the business of real estate investing. So ultimately, that's going to lead to opportunities, right? And that is where six to 24 months while this is happening, this is the time to buy. That is the golden era of what is about to hit us, right? Crisis leads to an opportunity. Timing is everything in real estate. Everybody talks about how location, location, location. I talk about how timing, timing, timing matters. 
right? And we'll cover that in another podcast. But ultimately, what that's going to result in is this is the time to buy. This is the time that we need to go out there, or not this is the time, but that point, six to 24 months, that is roughly sitting at September of 2020 to February of 2022, right? That is a range approximately where deals are to be had on a massive basis, right? That is the time to buy. Now, if you're on the right side of the fence, it's going to be raining pots of gold, right? If you're on the wrong side of the fence, you're going to be catching bricks, right? So what and what are we going to do to get ourselves in line for this? How are we going to position ourselves? How are we going to create the opportunities? How are we setting up in terms of networks? How are we setting up in terms of joint ventures? How are we setting up in terms of structures? How are we setting up in terms of um, legals? How are we setting up in terms of you know, money partners? And how are we setting up in terms of bank financing? Everything is about now. And doing it right now is going to set us up for the financial future of buying these deals. And ultimately, ultimately, if I look back at history, right? I look back at when we had the, uh, the Lehman Brothers and we look back at when the tech bubble, if you really look at it, Lehman Brothers, you know, Bill Gates as a prominent figure had somewhere around 56 billion before, the finan- before that collapse. And he, I think at the lowest point in time that I can find is about $32 billion, okay? 32 billion, so that was in like 2008, 2009, right? So from 2008, 2009 to 2020, in a span of 12 years, in a span of 12 years, Bill Gates is worth over $100 billion. That basically means he's tripled his money in 12 years, somewhere around there. So here, you know, like let's, let's take round figures, right? And how that is created is because that the rich will get richer, the poor, unfortunately, will stay the same, right? They're not gonna go negative zero or negative 1,000 or negative 20,000. What they're gonna do is they're gonna still stay the same, but you, what you will ultimately have is something called hyperinflation, right? Hyperinflation will take place. And the reason why hyperinflation will take place is because of the amount of stimulus spending, the amount of you know, printing of money to the economy, right? They have never printed money like this. Trillions of dollars, right? Trillions of dollars pumped into the economy. And that's not just US, this is widespread. No matter where you are in the world, real estate has to be on your list because that's the only essential hedge against inflation. I mean, sure, you can talk about gold and, you know, yes, you can talk about stocks. Yes, you can talk about basically assets will appreciate and assets will appreciate big time. So what that means is if you and I go buy 10, 15, 20 properties, or even if it just means that we bought one or two in the next six to 24 months, the likelihood is that in 10 years from now, that these properties would have doubled in value if not tripled in value because of hyperinflation, or at least at the very minimum that the equity that you've utilized will be double or triple in value. This is basically what is happening or what I see is happening right now and will happen for the next foreseeable 10 years. Of course, there could be other black swan events, there could be other scenarios, there could be outliers as to how this 
could change. However, if you look very clearly, it's almost like we're in the driving seat today and we see a kid on the side of the road, right? He looks like he might be jumping onto the road. It's up to us to determine if we're gonna slow down, if we're gonna speed up, what is the risk, what is the opportunity? Today, I see the opportunity and I also see the risks. We're now making sure that we get risk adjusted return. And the risk is going to be low if we buy well, not if we buy well, when we buy well, and the opportunities will be massive. And that is why I am a buy and hold and seldom sell. Whether residential or commercial, this is going to rain buckets of gold. And it's up to us to prepare. It is up to us to anticipate. It is up to us to set the infrastructure so we have the ability to capture the growth for intergenerational wealth. Thank you for listening. My name is Peter Leung. This is the Investorpreneur Podcast where we talk everything investing real estate. And I hope that you will see this message, hear this message loud and clear as to how we go generate deals in the market and how this is going to change our financial figure for our family. Have a great day, guys.